Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Welcome to Friday night edition of the Sideline Junkies. Me, KG, hanging out in the big responsible chair. But normally I do it in the absence of you, the one, the only BJ. But guess who I got me tonight? Well, I'm hoping I'm here with you this time. We've been having some, <laughs> we've been having some ghost technical difficulties. Um, I think it's stemming from the uh, wrestling podcast and the the powers of be not wanting to, that type of information, that type of power to be out in the public. So we're gonna have to monitor Anchor, man. Well, yeah, and then you know, on, on Saturday nights we got to worry about Vince and Triple H and the, and the truck downstairs. Worried see, about that, everything. Yeah, that's crazy, man. Let us let us live, man. Let us do us. We ain't we we just scratching, we just scratching the ain't We ain't no threat. We just we just call it how we see it. That's all. And the things that we've seen in the last week since we haven't came back since from. This is pretty much a Christmas break. The 23rd Sunday was the, the last show we did, and a lot has transpired since then. Yeah, that it has. That it has. Um, we we love podcasting. We enjoy it wholeheartedly. But when uh, the main big boys call, which which is the uh, the main main jobs, you know, gotta gotta come calling. So. Um, that's one of our 2019 resolutions to be more consistent and put out more shows, more quality shows for, you know, you guys to listen to and, you know, all the listeners, we appreciate each and every one of you. We see you listening. We can see the stats. And like I said, we've come a long way since last February. Indeed. And we're coming up on our year anniversary soon on anchor and we well over a hundred episodes and, it's just, it's nowhere else to go but up. And I just want to keep climbing to the top. Indeed, brother. So, uh, what's on tap for tonight's show? Well, we're going to, we, 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 we've been flirting around with it, but we're going to jump into the NBA tonight. We, especially with those Washington Wizards. Uh, talk a little king tonight, the king, LeBron James. Um, even talk a little. Uh, Washington Redskins fiasco because that's what I'm calling it right now. This is a fiasco and uh, some new news regarding a player came out tonight. So yeah, uh, we can discuss that. And then of course, to finish it up, the college football playoff. I got a vested stake in it, but it's tomorrow and we haven't had a chance to really get into it. And I just wanted to, you know, touch base with it and see how you felt. Okay. Hey, man, it sounds sounds like a plentiful show to me, and I'm ready and excited to dive into it because um, definitely have a lot to say about the Wizards and the Redskins and um, the NBA in general. Like you said, we haven't dive into it, KG, so I hope you got your Scooby gear on, and it's time to, to get into this face first. Let's, let's do it. Let's go. Um. Let's first start off. Let's start off with something simple. Let's start off with the uh, the NBA power rankings, um, as of December twenty eighth. We have the Milwaukee Bucks on top of the power ranking. What you think about Milwaukee? You know, I, I gotta 
soft spot in my heart for the Milwaukee Bucks. Giannis, I'll never get his name right. <laughs> Not ever. Not ever. No matter how much I practice his name, I'll never get it right. But when I, he's going to be one of those ones. Is when you say Giannis, you know who he, who you're talking about, and we're talking about the Greek freak. Um, just the way he is dominating. Oh my God, I just, I can't say much. I can't say anything bad about his game because it's evolved, and it's just awesome. But he's got help. He is him. Uh, Eric Bledsoe. Uh, they got my man DiVincenzo. If I could ever get him called up, he's in the G League right now. But if DiVincenzo gets up and he hangs around Giannis, it is over. Nobody's going to be able to stop him, too, because DiVincenzo can play and he has heart. Um, they got George Hill. They got Ilya Sova, Brooke Lopez. Um, they got your boy Jason Smith, my boy Tony Snell, who was in Chicago a couple of years ago. This is a really well put together team. I will say and that. I, and I was just about to say that it sounded like you you're saying that this team was is very well constructed and can and only has an upside. And I know Giannis, I know a lot of people knock his game for not having much of an outside game. And to that I say you have to do what fits you? You know, it's been plenty of players that are inside out players, but I, I will tell you this as soon as he develops a consistent 12 to 15 foot jumper, it is absolutely lights out. But it let me ask you a question. Fire away. Why, why does he have to develop a, a, a jumper if you can't even stop him getting to the rim? And, that, and that's the thing. And that's the thing. He's, he's, he's proved you know, his manhood in the league. There's it, really no one that can stop him going to the hole. It's, it's people that can go toe-to-toe with him, you know, as far as defensively. I think, it, you know, the first name to come to mind is AD, of course. Um, but, you know, play AD every night. <laughs> so um, he's going to run wild. That team is going to keep getting better. Um, it's always a piece to add here and there, and that's for every team. But um, we're going to go through the list real quick. And um, I'm only going to go through the top 10 because I don't think anybody outside this top 10, and that's debatable, has a chance to win a championship. And, and ladies and gentlemen, this is a regular season top 10. The eighth is, is not something to sideline junkies. It's a, from Bleacher Report. And, you know, I just like to read it so we can kind of see where the league stands right now. It's a regular season. We all know it kicks into high gear after NBA All-Star break. So, you yet this best to come. So, uh, number two, the Denver Nuggets is sitting at number two. Um, we got the Toronto Raptors at number three. We have the Golden State Warriors, the the limping hurt Golden State Warriors right now at number four. Um, Oklahoma City at number five. We have the Indiana Pacers at six. Uh, the Houston Rockets at seven. Boston Celtics at eight, Philly at number nine, and around out the top ten, the San Antonio Spurs. Now, KG, that list I just read, do you feel like is a team missing out of that top ten? <laughs> oh my God. 
Now you said that's as of December twenty eighth, correct? That's as as of the day. As of today. Now, I don't believe I heard you say the Los Angeles Lakers did. I. I did not. They're sitting out. I'm glad you said that. They were tenth last week, but they're sitting at number twelve right now. Hmm. That, that that's probably the only team I think is missing. Uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to remember everything you said. Were, were the Houston Rockets in there? The Houston Houston Rockets were at number seven. I believe. Let me okay, see. Houston. Long as Houston's yeah. there, Houston's uh, there. The only team that I can think right off the top of my head is just the Lakers. But you, we know why the Lakers fell out of the top ten because I, I said this a few weeks ago. Um, I said the Lakers are trending up, but the Rockets, I mean, I'm sorry, the Warriors are trending down. But it's the whole, it was the whole thing between KD and and, and, and Draymond. And now it's just like that, they, they, you know, Steph was out for quite some time, and then it's like they lost their, their, their cohesion. But this is what good teams go through. I'm sure they can rebound from it and, and, and go back to their, 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 the heights that they normally play at, but it's looking really bad for them. And the Lakers, even with LeBron away, they're still dominating teams. And see, and I was, and I'm glad you went into that because it says, you know, uh, he suffered a significant groin injury and he could be out for several games. Now, of course, you know, I'm not advocating or saying that anybody's getting hurt is a good thing. LeBron is generational. He's one of the greatest players. He, he is the greatest player in the world. You know, he's reached some, you know, places that some players will never touch. What I'm saying is him being away from the team lets the young team gel and grow, and they've been pushed by the greatest. Once you get pushed by the greatest, Kobe's, the Michael Jordans of the world, that's a whole different level of practice. That's not no lackadaisical practice where it's playing around. It, it, they take competition seriously. And they know what it takes to be on the top. So once you experience that, they you can tell they play way different now without LeBron than they did last year. It's just it's just it's night and day. And we've only what we 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 had thirty something games. Yeah. So I think LeBron missing time. Like he, you know, he's not no spring chicken no more. You know, he he they probably going to have to think about maybe cutting his minutes down a little bit the first half of the year, especially if you want this to be a long-term investment, which is, you know, what, three, three, three years. I think he could be at the top of the next three years. So what I'm saying is maybe cut his minutes back a, a little bit. Don't play him as hard in the regular season to save him for when you need him because he's already taken it. Like you said, KG, this team is still playing at a high level because they've been pushed to be at that level. When you're not pushed, when you just push to be mediocre, like the Washington Wizards, and we'll get to them. Like the Chicago um, Bulls. Like the Bulls, you know, and, and we're going to name plenty of other teams that's just mediocre that never had that presence of greatness that pushes you to the next level. It, 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 you see you see what happens. You see what the Cavaliers are now and what the Lakers are now. So um, I think – I, I, and I said I asked you because I knew the Lakers were missing, and I think it's the panic button because LeBron's not there now, and people expect them to drop down. But I think they're still going to be competitive and play good ball. I think so too because you have a young core 
to go with LeBron. Um, now, nobody was talking about Lonzo Ball when he, him and LeBron racked up triple doubles. What was that last week? Nobody, yeah. nobody was talking about that. And I'm like, how can you not talk about that? Because you ride Lonzo so hard about not being this and not being that, and oh, your father's messing up this. And don't get me wrong, when it comes to Lavar, you know personally, I conflicted with Lavar awful lot. But over the last year or so, I've changed my stance on him, and I'm like, he all he wants is what's best for his kids, and it's a. I think it's an act. I don't really think that's him. I think it's an act. But you got so much veteran leadership on this Laker team. Now, outside of LeBron, you still have Tyson Chandler, who has a ring. JaVale McGee, who has two rings. Uh, Rondo, who's hurt right now, but has a ring. That's That, that right there, that's veteran leadership. That's yes, not sir. something you can just go out on the street and find. This team is going to be okay. I wish that, okay, if LeBron went down for a couple of games, I kind of sort of wish that Rondo was still playing so he could kind of sort of be that leader. But also you, you got Lance Stevenson. Let me not forget about him. You got Lance Stevenson also. But I wish that Rondo was playing, but he's on the bench and he's talking to those guys. He's, you know, keeping them level-headed, not, you know, starstruck. And that's a good thing when you got a veteran that can do that. That's a great thing. Absolutely, yes. Absolutely. Uh, I agree with you. Um, what's on our next agenda, man? Uh, Hey, let's stick with the Washington Wizards real quick. Um, I'm glad you, you brought up the Washington Wizards. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of – I'm happy that they lost to my Bulls tonight, 101 to 92. But <sighs> – how do you I don't lose? even know where to start. I don't know. I, I don't know where to start. But let, let me let me let me let me throw this out there. How do you lose to a coming into this game? The Wizards were thirteen and twenty-two. The Bulls were nine and twenty-six. Okay. How do you come into this game? Now I'm gonna tell you this from the Bulls side of it, and I'll let you take care of the Wizards side. From the Bulls side of it, this Bulls team was talking about no showing at practice a few days ago. They were talking because they don't want it. They don't like the way that uh, uh, who and I found out today that um, geez, you know, Hoiberg got fired. So, uh, what's his name? Jim Boylan. Let me make sure I got that right because I, I always forget his name for some goddamn reason. But it, it's just it doesn't appeal to me that he's there. So, but he's he doesn't have an interim tag. So. That's 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 where the 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 disconnect comes with this team is yeah Jim Boylan he doesn't have the interim take okay they say that he's pushing way too hard but he's using a tough love approach but coming into this game this team has severely underachieved with the players that they have I mean it's not the greatest team ever assembled that's the '96 Bulls. I mean, greatest team ever. But you have uh, Zach Levine's hurt, but you still have Laurie. You have Jabari Parker once you get him out of the doghouse. You have Bobby Portis, okay? You have Chris Dunn who came back. Wendell Carter, our rookie, is an absolute monster, okay? You have Justin Holiday. 
Uh, did I say Robin Lopez? Um, I'm not sure. Well, if I didn't, I'm gonna say it again. Robin Lopez. You got Cameron Payne. You have talent. These guys can play, and it's starting to look like it's just a system thing, and it's a disconnect. But coming into this game, they take the Wiz kids out. Oh, Zach Levine is playing. I'm sorry, he is back. I didn't even watch the game tonight. But Zach Levine dropped 24. Uh, 17 from Wendell Carter. 17 and 13 from Wendell Carter. Lori gave you 14 and 14. So tell me again why this team is not is is not playing up to where they should be. Um, your your guess is a good, as good as mine, but it really pisses me off when you have players that I mean the players run every league, maybe except the NHL. I would want to say unless you're you know, your name is Sidney Crosby or Alex Ovechkin. Um, but the NBA and the NFL uh, player run leagues, if your star players, and not even this case, because we're not talking about no top-tier star on the Bulls. They don't have that. They have a they don't have a superstar, a megastar. You know what I'm saying? Somebody like a LeBron James or, you know, somebody that opinion counts. When you're losing – and losing the way the Bulls were losing, which was very bad, I don't really think you have too much options in anything. And to say that we're practicing too hard, well, obviously something's not right in practice because you're not putting forth the effort on the court. So just this this mentality where, you know, you, you're pushing us too hard, but we're going to keep going out there and laying eggs. It's just ridiculous, man. It really is. And it's just – and the fans in Chicago have seen greatness. They've seen the top of the mountain. So to see this now, you know, they've seen a guy get hurt multiple times. They gave 200% at Derrick Rose. You know, they've seen that. And then to come out and flow with this garbage that you call basketball and you want people to come and pay for this, it's just it's, – it's crazy, man. It's really crazy. And, to, you know, I just, it, that really pisses me off. You pra- you're pushing this too hard. Like, look, man, I'm ready to run with people that want to be push hard and want to succeed and want to take their game to the next level. You need Victor Oladipo's of the world. Remember he when they got bounced out the playoffs last year, the the man I, I don't even know if he I think he as soon as he got out the shower, he was already calling his trainer and said, I need to go harder next year. I didn't have enough this year. That's mm-hmm. the type of mentality that wins you games and takes your team to the next level. So, um, for me, I, I would run them twenty four seven. You know, I'm just saying, man. It just it just kills me, man. And to go into the to with to the Wizards, it's just. And let's stay on practice. We talked about this when the interview happened. And ladies and gentlemen, since the Trevor Ariza trade that the great Ernie Grunfeld did for the Wizards. The Wizards are one and five. Okay, they won an overtime, got a triple over. Th- I think it was a triple overtime game against uh, Phoenix and Kelly Oubre. So after that game, something hit me like a train, and it was Kelly Oubre's comments on Bradley Bill. He said that he told Brad that man, I didn't know you were this hard to guard. You know, it was it basically held? You know, checking you tonight. So a bell rung in my head. I said, hold on. 
Kelly Oubre has been with the Wizards for three or four years now. And you telling me he's never guarded Bradley Bill in practice? This is what we KG, this is what we were just talking about with the Bulls. How can you challenge yourself and go to the next level if you're not pushing yourself against the greatest? How many times did Pippen check Michael in practice? Uh, from my personal knowledge, it was quite a few because uh, it was at one point in the early days of the Bulls dynasty, Scotty and Michael would always be on the same teams. And Phil Jackson was like, nah, I got to break that up. I can't have both of y'all on the same team. Second team. Because they were win. dominating. Exactly. They were dominating. So he made one a captain on one team, one a captain on the other. And they went – it wasn't no, oh, my bad. I ain't mean to foul you like that. They said it was knockdown, down, drag out because once Michael got going, you know, he's competitive. Mm-hmm. So – and the thing about Michael Jordan, everybody has, that ever has played with him was like, if you lose to him at something, he's not going to let you live it down. So you want to go out there. You want to beat him. But his practice habits were so intense. And the thing is, if you didn't practice the way that you didn't take the 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 the, the seriousness of it the same way he did, yeah, you weren't in the inner circle. You're, you 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 were just pretty much an outsider. And as soon as he had the chance, he was going to go to management and get you, get rid of you. Absolutely. And it brings me back to the point of the turmoil that is the Washington Wizards. And you're telling me that Kelly Oubre never checked Bradley Bill in practice. How was that possible? And he's a, you know, he's a good defender. I think he's a good defender, you know, long, speedy. So you're telling me that basically from from just that statement, you're telling me that your practices were never challenged. You're telling me that Wall, Bill, Mark Keith Morris, all those boys on the first team never play against each other, which is freaking ridiculous. Boy, I was about to say an R-rated word there. <laughs> It's ridiculous that you telling me that in four years you've never checked Bradley Bill in practice. It, it's, it just explains when, when, when I hear that, all the pieces to the Washington Wizards, which I already knew, I know they're a dumpster fire from the top down. This team needs to be blown up, and I don't want to hear you're not a real fan, you don't support the team. I do support the team. And I'm tired of seeing garbage. It the, the the goal in the NBA when the season starts is to win a championship. Yes. Okay? Not to make the playoffs, not to win 30 games this year. Of course, you have to take your baby steps. But the goal is to put a team together that can compete. And this team, I think Ernie thought getting Trevor Reza back from six years ago, he's not the same player. It's he, that six years ago. Mm-hmm. You had a, t- a different team there, a different lineup. I-, I-, I think he was hoping that was going to stop the bleeding. But this team right here is garbage. And if you're going to keep Bill and-, and try to get rid of everybody else and build around Bill, so be it. But Otto Porter needs to go. Um, and a lot of other people need to go. I don't know who they want to build around. 
Wall or Bill, my 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 pick will be Bill because he's younger. He got a lot of, to work on in his game too, and maybe being around a different set of people would help. And one of the problems I think it is now. Don't get me wrong. You can never have enough firepower in the NBA. Never. But if you're not coached right and it's not used right, it goes to waste, a la the Washington Wizards. When Troy Brown Jr. was drafted, that put a log jam in small four. You had Otto Porter already. You had um, uh, Oubre. That was basically, I have, I've been saying since last year, that Oubre should be starting ahead of Otto Porter. Uh, and then you draft Troy Brown. And now you, you add Jeff Green, which is, he's a small forward, power forward. So you have four pop small forwards. And Troy Brown Jr., who you drafted 15th uh, of last uh, uh, draft, this draft pass, basically went to the G League. You had John Wall. You had Thomas Sadorowski, which was he was coming along. He looked really good. You're going to get Austin Rivers, and now uh, Saddle's buried behind Rivers. They trade Rivers, come to find out, hey, Saddle might be able to play a little bit. They get Thomas. He's turning out to be a a, a nice, um, a very, very nice surprise. Very, very nice surprise. He's, he's looking good. Um, you know, they, 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 they spent sixty million, whatever it was, on Mahimi. But when you can find players like Thomas Bryant, he looked like he he's gonna be really, really nice, a nice addition. But this team from top to bottom, KG, it it it, it, it needs dynamite taking to it. You know what? I <laughs> I absolutely agree. And I'll say this. Um the Trevor Reza trade, horrible. Why would I get rid of Kelly Oubre? Why? And in everything that you said, Kelly Oubre, like, why is it not? This league is so one-on-one. Why Why is your best defensive player? And I believe Kelly Oubre, as far as forwards go, perimeter defenders, uh, Kelly Oubre was the best. So I would have Kelly Oubre start on John Wall. Okay, John, he's going to press you all the way up court, break the press. And, you know, Kelly Oubre has a motor. Same thing with Brad. Brad, he's going to cover you, get by him. Okay, this is what you're going to do. All right, you got to do this. You got to do that. But that's coaching. Do I blame the players? No. I blame coaching. Hey, I agree with you 100%. I, if I'm in practice, John's on one team captain. Brad's on another team captain. I'm putting Auto on one side, Ubre on one side, because even though they're, they're kind of like each other, they have differences. Ubre's faster. I think Ubre is way more athletic. I think Otto has a better shot. So both of them, I think, have really good defense. And then you go down and go down and split. Mahimi on one side, Brian on another side. You put uh, Markeith Morris on one side. You put uh, whoever the other power forward is, Sam Decker or, or Reza, however they're playing them. You no, know, you know what? I uh, uh, Markeith Morris on one side, Jeff Green on the other side. Make Markeith check Jeff Green. Jeff Green yeah. to tear Markeith Morris up. And, and but that's what I'm saying: competition and practice. You're not going to get anywhere if your your first team is Wall, Bill, Porter. Let's say Porter, Ariza, and Bryant versus Sato, Jeff Green, Markeith Morris, 
Mahimi and Decker or Brown Jr., whoever it's going to be. That's not competition. No. And you see it on the floor. You see it in the last six games where they're one and five. So spare me with the, oh, you're not a real fan because you're supposed to support the team no matter what. No. It's okay to criticize your team that you support because if they're not doing things right, they're not doing things right. There's only a handful of teams that's doing things right, and they've won a championship the last four years. So... Let, 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 this is what I, I, I ask. How much time do these guys spend together off the court? I don't think a lot. Outside of practice. Because, you know, you build those relationships, those friendships, and, and it's like you build a, a, a oneness when you spend time together. Now, me personally, I know what it's like to spend time with somebody and, you know, not just away from the game. And it gets to the point that y'all spend so much time together. You get out there, you already know what they're getting ready to do, what they're thinking, and you just—it's just a look between y'all two, and you already know. And next thing you know, y'all having fun, you're winning, you're dominating because all of y'all are hanging together. It's not just oh no, I got my click over here, and then it's another click, and it's a third click over there. The guys that don't play, no, no, everybody has to be included. Everybody. And sometimes it, it it goes beyond the coaching. It goes to uh, John Wall, who's supposed to be the leader, on the phone with Bradley Beal, and they call Jeff Green and say, hey, you remember this play that we ran? What if we switched it up and ran it like this and then you rotate it over here? It's sometimes it's that communication. It may not sound exactly like that, but it's that communication between players outside of the coaches, outside of the arena, outside of practice. It's those type of things that build teams and make teams strong when you have that oneness. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I think you, you're definitely missing that on the floor. You can just tell. It's just If you look at the top teams in the league and the move, the Wizards are definitely lacking that. On wall yes. sometimes – on defense, and I know he's dealing with the heel issue, but just the just standing there and just not just mm-hmm. giving up, giving up on plays. If that's what your max guy's doing, your superstar, what do you expect the rest of the team to do? They're going to follow suit. And like I said, you don't have you don't have um, purebred leaders here. You have people that need to be led. John Wall's not a, a team leader. Bradley Bill's not not and I, when I say LeBron James, I'm talking about Kobe. I'm talking about MJ. Guys that are getting your face and really let you have it whether you like it or not, whether you like them after the game or not, they don't care. If you're not doing what you're supposed to do on the court, then it doesn't matter to them. They don't want you know to to a certain to a certain degree. They don't want to be your friend. <laughs> they want you to, to perform on the court, and and that, I think that's something the Wizards are lacking. They're lacking a true leader. So, and they had that for a second with Paul Pierce. You know, mm-hmm. they got a taste. They got a taste of that, but I don't know, KG. The uh, 
you know. But, you know, I, I look at it the same way you look at it. And this team, most people say, well, you always dogging the Wizards on your show. No, I'm not dogging the Wizards. See, the thing is, I said it last season. I said it during the off season. I said this is a 55 to 60 win team. And I called it. I said they're going to win 60 games this year. You can go back and listen to the shows. We got it. It's, it's no way I could deny it. You got it on, 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 on saved on MP3 audio file. So you know it's there. I know this is a 60-win team, even constructed the way it is now. But if I'm not getting I'm, – Dwight Howard, he's off the table, off the table. Because he, he, he's – nobody knows when he's coming back, so he, he's irrelevant. He's over in the corner standing. He's on punishment. But you have a Bradley Beal. You have a John Wall. You have a, a a Jeff Green. I'm not putting auto port in that because I don't know who this auto port is. This is not the auto port that I knew at Georgetown. Um, Thomas Sadoransky, we knew last season he could play. We knew he could ball. Troy Brown showed that he could ball. Um, Markeith Morris, if he goes back to being the Markeith Morris that he once was, okay. Mahini, you know he can ball. Uh, Thomas Bryant, you know he can ball. You know Trevor Ariza is a lockdown defensive specialist. Okay, take what you got, make it work. This is where one of them players-only meetings will come in. We're not working hard enough. We only got 13 wins. Why don't we have 20 wins? What are we doing wrong? And I say we as a team, forget the coaches. It's about us. We need to gel together, get this together before the All-Star break, go into the All-Star break on a run, come out of it, and pick that run back up. That's all it is to it. But who has the great to, the, the, the grapefruits, the intestinal fortitude to stand up in front of these guys and say that? Nobody. See? And that's where your problem lies right there. Yeah, I think I definitely think they have the wrong coach uh, for another team that you know he could probably be a better fit. But I really think they need a, a voice there, you know, somebody that's not afraid to speak their mind or ruffle some feathers. Um, I really think that's what they need. Are they going to get that? I don't think they are. I think they're, you know, they're stuck with. They're good, you know. Um, they're selling enough merchandise, you know. They're doing just enough to keep going. So, uh, you, you know, a name that would be great. We always talk about Mark Jackson. I'm gonna tell you another name to add to that Mark Jackson list: Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll see what happens, though. I mean, how many more games do they have to lose to to uh, to be? For something significant to happen, that's that's my thing. I mean, we we're watching them spiral out of control. You know, you was hoping maybe when the wins and losses were closer to each other, you could probably make a move. But I I still think it's some moves to be made. I think they're waiting for Auto Porter to get fully healthy. I think he's gone, and then I think they have to decide what are they going to do with John Wall and Bradley Beal because that's not working. Yeah, so, agreed. So, KG, let's take a break now. Let's go to our sponsor. And, um, ladies and gentlemen, all you got to do is keep listening, 
and we will be back with the Redskins fiasco. And just like that, right back at you. Yes, sir. That's all it takes. That is all it takes, man. Um, jumping into our next segment, of course, it's the Washington Redskins and the Another Washington team with turmoil from top to bottom, KG. These are these are your hometown favorite. I know you bleed burgundy and gold, so I'm going to let you start it off, and, you know, I'll be there to hold your hand along the way, man. You're not here by yourself. Yeah, because this is one of the ones that I actually need somebody to hold my hand. Uh, the biggest news that came out was um, – <laughs> My man, dripping two spoons swag goo, DJ Swearinger, released Monday morning because of um, comments that were made after Saturday's loss to the Titans about being in man coverage when they shouldn't be and shouldn't have gave up the type of of uh, yards they gave up to Blaine Gabbert because he's a ain't. S quarterback and things like that. Criticizing Greg Minuski, uh cost him his job. Now, when he first said it, uh, I was the first one to say, DJ, you shouldn't have said that in the media. I didn't think it was going to be this uh, type of discipline. You know, this should have been uh, $7,500. If I know since it's first, more than first time, Make it ten, fifteen thousand dollar fine and uh sit them for the last game of the season, but you don't get rid of the best player in the secondary over comments that were actually true. Let's say that. Because excuse me, I don't know what in the world Minuski was calling Saturday, but it's no way in hell that they should have lost that game the way they did. Because offense did their job, defense should have did theirs. That's it and that's all. And for those Redskins fans that say, well, I'm glad he got cut because all he was doing is making a stink and he ain't that good. Let me tell you something. 53 tackles with 11 assists, one sack, four INTs, and three forced fumbles. That made him a Pro Bowl alternate. So if you're telling me that he was having a, a, a trash season, you don't know football. And if you think that he's supposed to have more than 53 tackles as a safety, you definitely don't know football. So your tacklers are – your D-line, but mostly your linebackers. Your linebackers are supposed to come up with the 9,500 ta- tackle seasons, not your secondary. If your secondary has got 100 tackles, that's a problem. Okay? So for all y'all fans that said that it was good because you don't like the heat, what he was saying, well, he's saying the same thing that we've been saying. He's saying the same thing that we already knew. Like, are you serious? But right, let me calm down. I digress. Well, calm down for a second. I mean, I think, and, and here, here's, here's my, you know, the Redskins are at rock bottom. They're the laughing stock of the league right now, as far as just the way, not just on the the on the field antics. I think the way the organization is ran, and it's been ran like this for the last twenty years, and, um, you know, I'll give praise when praise is due, but right now. Dan Snyder has to figure out how to get this team back on track. Because what we seen when we went to the Texas game 
and therefore after uh, how many empty seats was in FedEx Field, fans have basically given up on that team. Um, and it's 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 unheard of when you talk about the Washington Redskins. Casey, while I'm talking, can you look up to see where Washington ranks as far as most valuable franchise? I think they still top five, aren't they? Uh, let's see. Well, why are you looking at that? Manuski needs to be fired because just like Jay Gruden and people, people are saying, oh, Jay needs a pass because he has so many injuries. And, and I keep saying every week is with injuries. And I bring up the 49ers all the time because the 49ers beat the Seahawks a couple weeks back, which is a very good team. And they did that because they are coached very well. Their game plan, the 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 preparation that puts that, that you have to put into an NFL game is it's not done here in Washington. You can tell when they go on the field because if something doesn't work, they're lost and they're scrambling. They do some things well. I'm not you know throwing the whole team under the bus. You know, but enough with the woe was me on the injuries because when you bring the next man in, the next man has to step up. And if you're a good coach, you know what the weaknesses and strengths are of that next man, and you try to hide the weaknesses as much as you can. And I just don't think Jay Gruden, he probably is a hell of an assistant, hell of an offensive coordinator. But I think the the, the load of having to run a team – I think it's too much for Jay Gruden. And if they come back next season with Jay Gruden as the coach of the Washington Redskins, they're telling their fans that we're okay with what happened last year. We're okay with what happened for the last five years. With our record being mediocre and not having a division title or a 10-win season since Jay has been here. We're going to give him more time to do mediocre things. And I think that's just that's absurd. You can't come back with this next year. You have to make. Hope. Well, let me go ahead, KG. No, no. Let, let me say he did win a division title in 2015. Oh, he did. I'm sorry. He he did. I mean, he won a division title in 12 and 15 and 2015. I'm sorry, and we were, I believe, nine and seven. Oh, whole nine and seven. Whole nine and seven. But. And they are in the NFL, the, the Redskins. I remember at one point in time were the most valuable franchise. I don't think they've. And ever, it was them and the Cowboys. I don't think they've ever been the most. I think the Cowboys have all. Oh, Cowboys and the Yankees have always fought for that number one spot. I could be wrong. No, no, in the NFL, I remember it because the Redskins were the first team to be worth over a billion dollars. No, I'm sorry, they were worth nine hundred seventy-five million, and then the Cowboys overtook them. And became the first team uh, worth a, a billion or more. Now the Cowboys are worth five billion. The Redskins are worth three point one billion, but they're number five in the NFL. The excuse me, the Jets are number eight. Jets? The Jets haven't won anything in fifty years. They just have a strong following. You, you, you go to their games, or you you look in the stands when you're watching the Jets game. It's green, and you can't say the same thing for the Redskins. No, it's the color of whoever they're playing. Yeah, it is. So, um, um, 
What was I about to say? But, uh, oh, go ahead. <laughs> a little uh, news to add to the fiasco. Linebacker Zach Brown was exposed by uh, self-made is what she was described as, described as self-made porn star Brittany Jones that he dived in her DMs trying to get a little session going. Who is Brittany Jones? Oh wow! When we get off, when we get off air. I'll tell you about Brittany Jones. <laughs> but she she exposed him along with Trey Songs and uh, quite a few other people. And I'm like, this is not the attention that anybody in this city needs right now. Um, I I'm just tired of because the thing is they're doing it for attention. I'm just tired of people so-called getting exposed, you know, on, on on Instagram and stuff. I don't care. I want, I don't care if he's trying to get, I want Zach Brown to have a hundred tackles. I don't care who's the end. This, this getting exposed stuff to me, I don't care. I want Zach Brown to have a hundred, just like the whole, um, the White Howard situation. Don't care. Don't care. I want, um, I want Dwight Howard to come in, give me 15, 20 points, 15, 20 rebounds. That's what I want. What he does in his spare time could care less. How many people have gone into Instagram DMs looking for something? Zach Brown is not the only guy. It's only, it's only news because he's Zach Brown and he he's an NFL player, and that's the type of attention she's looking for. And unfortunately, we giving it to her. So. Yeah, but I'm gonna say this: it just added to it, it added fuel to a fire that it seems like, uh, as one website said and called it, it's another L for Washington to hold. And one thing about me, uh, I'm a diehard Redskins fan. Um, not only that, but. I love the uniqueness of my city. Uh, you can keep anybody. You can keep the mumbo sauce. <laughs> oh my goodness, mumbo sauce and go-go music included. Have smokes for everybody. But that it, it, chocolate city is home, and I'm not used to chocolate city being disrespected so bad. Especially sports-wise. Now, I can honestly say I can count on my hand my entire life. Uh, on one hand, it, how many times I've seen the bullet slash wizards in a do-or-die game, or you know, some, you know, they got you on the edge of their seat because they're winning everything, but they're, you know, they're winning at the last minute. But I would have to use my hands my toes and probably BJ's both, both of his hands to count how many times I've seen that in my lifetime with the Redskins. I grew up to the Redskins winning. And even a, a bad season was, you know, it was a bad season. It was six and 10, but it was a bad season. But then even a nine and seven season was exciting. It, it, the league was totally different then, but nine and seven would get you in the playoffs. Guaranteed. If you won the right game, yeah, nine, nine and seven. Now it's like yeah, nine and seven back then was a successful season. Yes, but when's the last time the Redskins won more than ten games? 
Um, oh, I, I, I'm looking on the iPad. Brittany Jones, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not impressed. The last impressed. time the Redskins won ten games, 1991, when they went 14 and two. Ooh, the following gracious. year they went. <laughs> the following year they were nine and seven, three and thirteen, four and twelve. You see where this is going. Oh yeah. They they haven't won more than ten games. And I tell everybody every season, man, we can go ten and six. I said, why is ten and six used to be a losing season in Washington? The nine and seven was okay. Ten and six was okay, but it wasn't the norm. Winning eleven to thirteen games was the norm. You know, it's not even a norm anymore. It's like it's it's accepted just to okay, we won ten games. Yeah. We going to the Super Bowl. Whoa. Whoa, Jack. We had an easy schedule. Did you see the schedule rank? Like we had one of the easiest schedules, period. And you're talking about Super Bowl. Then you get to the playoffs, you back into the playoffs to win you win those ten games back into the playoffs, and then you get slaughtered. I'm I'm just to me, and it's a it's a petition going around online. They're trying to get seventy five hundred signatures to fire Bruce Allen. Man, I don't care what type of petition goes. I don't care if you get seven hundred and fifty thousand signatures. That's gonna have to be a decision that um, Dan Snyder, you know, or maybe somebody can help him make that decision if, if Bruce decides to take another job. But for me, you know, this is a failure for Bruce Allen, a, a real, real bad, you know, mark on his, his legacy because now, and I, and I wanted to ask you this, if you bring in a new GM, somebody that knows what they're doing, that can piece together this team because you don't have a number one corner. You do not have a number one corner. Let me say that one more time so everybody can hear me. There is no number one corner on the Washington Redskins. Okay? <laughs> There's not a number one corner on the Washington Redskins. So you have you need secondary help. You obviously need some um I don't know if it was his scheme. I don't know if it's players. I think it's a little bit of both. Did from the last six games of the season, the team got absolutely murdered on the ground. So you cannot go into next season and have that run issue. You can't. Now, how do they fix it? From an article I read, the the Redskins look like they're the leaders. They're the favorites to land Joe Facco, which I'm, I'm, I would say go for it. You don't have anything to lose at this point. Um, Joe can still throw the deep ball, but it's just who's gonna who's gonna be the coach here next year. Um, you get Darius guys, you get Darius guys back next year. Um, Harris was a, a really good bright spot at wide receiver. He's on IR now. Um, and it then it, it, the other thing is, it's certain players, it's time to cut the cord on. It's time to cut the cord on some of these players that have played for the Redskins and haven't produced. 
Samaj P. Ron, Robert Kelly. Well, hold on. Samaj did produce last year when he came in. He produced. He just he had a fumbling issue. That was his problem. All right, let me ask now, you I'm, this. I'll, I'll give you that. Let me ask you this. They bring Adrian Peterson back, which I think they should, because even though he's um, not, you know, a, a, a spring chicken anymore, you're not asking him to carry the whole load. And you, and you still True. have Chris Thompson coming in. So let me ask you that. Where does Samaj P. Ron or Robert Kelly fit? Oh, Rob. Robert Kelly's gone. No, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Rob, he, he, you got to let Robert Kelly go. That that experiment ended two years ago. But then you also have Byron Marshall, whom they signed. Uh, unfortunately, I really think Chris Thompson is going to be uh, the odd man out. He can't be because, I mean, we haven't seen guys, but Thompson is – you're passing down back. Now, unless guys can do that, well, Chris Thompson's pretty good at that. You know what I mean? Catching balls out of the backfield. I think um, that I think you could have run because, like I said, AP is not going to be an every down back. And he True. knows this. But, but this is the reason why I say Chris Thompson is going to be the odd man out. His injury history. That's the you know, last year was the broken leg, this year was the ribs. But God, excuse me. You get you can get that from Geis. That third down help that you know, catching out the backfield. Geis is a little bit bigger than Chris Thompson. But now granted, me personally, I don't want to see Chris Thompson go because I know what he can do. And we seen that last year. And we didn't really get to see it this year. And I really believe that if uh, Chris Thompson would have been healthy the whole entire season up to this point. We wouldn't be talking about uh, uh, Alex Smith not being a quarterback of this team next year. We wouldn't be talking about Joe Flacco coming here next year. See what I'm saying? Uh, I, I agree with you, but my thing is even if Alex Smith was healthy, this was not an uh, offense that you know you, you had to worry about. It, it, it was... I mean, it, it the down the down the downfall started in Houston game even before he broke his fibula and tibula when he threw the interception, drove him all the way down the field, threw the interception in the end zone. So this was never an offense that could light it up. They did a hell of a job that game because he did something that he normally doesn't do, and he he kept the team in the game and helped you know lead them to to, to down the field, but. My thing is, you need somebody that's gonna like Josh Johnson, which won't, which he won't be here next year probably. You need somebody that's gonna, that's a threaded quarterback. If you don't have a threaded quarterback, and they know they're gonna check down hundred thousand times, you're not gonna get any respect from the defense, and it's gonna be open season. You gotta, you got, you gotta but figure that out. How is how is it that? Uh... <laughs> that Josh Johnson is not going to be here next year. If he's not here next year as the number two, it, there, there is a serious problem. And you said something a little while ago that 
makes me think. You talking about bringing somebody in to be the GM. What's wrong with Doug Williams? Doug Williams, a lot of these players that are on this team that are producing, your Ryan Andersons, uh, 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 Matt Ioannidis, Jonathan Allen, those are players, Stacey McGee, those are players that were scouted by Doug Williams. And Doug Williams stood on the table for these guys. And those, all of those guys are producing. Now, let me, let me, let me ask you this. This is a, you know, honest question. Do you truly think that Josh Johnson will be in the league next year? No, sir. Absolutely not. Because nobody is going to give him a chance. And it's sad. It's absolutely sad because he has some potential. He definitely has upside. But he's not going to get the chance. And we all know why he's not going to get the chance. They're going to – Jacksonville's going to cut Blake Bortles. Some team's going to pick up Blake Bortles, you know. And some team is going to pick up Mark Sanchez. Mm-hmm. Mark Sanchez probably be your number two next year. And that's the thing, though. That's that, Those are head-scratching moves. Now, Josh Johnson came in off the street. And he's been more exciting to watch the last two weeks than this team has been all season. Like, I'm literally, I, when, when they signed him, I'm like, who is this guy? Why should I get excited that they signed him? This is not who we should sign. But the way he's played and he seemed like he's adapted, I'm excited to watch him. I'm pulling for him. But – to, to, to think that he's not going to be here next year to possibly compete for a starting job or to possibly compete for the backup is a problem. I mean, that's a huge problem. You, you know who else the Redskins to pull the experiment on? Who's Jordan that? Reed. <sighs> you know what? Any other time, I'd be like, man, you crazy. But... This season showed me I, you, you got you you have to, but you know what's going to happen? He's going to go somewhere else. He's going to go to uh, New Orleans or New England. Uh, he's going to go to uh, L.A. Rams, L.A. Chargers. Oh, you say, you're saying he's going to have the Sammy Watkins syndrome? Yes, and but see, you know, see, I don't know what it was in Buffalo. I'm gonna tell you what it is in D.C. You got 24 players. Uh, Maurice Harris today made the 24th player on IR for this team. 24 players on IR for various reasons. A lot of that has to do with your medical and your training staff. Same thing happened two years ago. Medical and training staff. We said the same thing. They didn't switch neither. You're still having a rash of injuries. Why Why are you having such terrible injury problems? Players can't get healthy. Are they getting treatment? Are they seeking treatment? Are they being refused treatment? Something's going on. What's going to happen? Jordan Reed's going to go somewhere else. And you're going to see everything. You The flashes that we've seen here, you're going to see it full bloom somewhere else. And that's highly, highly likely. Um, the other name. That's, the other name. That, go, I'm sorry. Go ahead. The other name on my list to... Uh, you know, time to go, Colt McCoy. Every time he gets, every Agreed. time he gets put in, is he's he's like glass. He's super injury prone. Um, 
I'm trying to think of the other name I had on my list. Um, but yeah, Colt McCoy, Jordan Reed, P. Ron. I don't think it's run for any running backs once guys come back anyway. If guys come back and he can hold his own and he's not injury prone, I think that's what you're going to see from the Redskins backfield. And if you sign AP back, you know, depending on how much money he wants, because he did have a thousand yard season. He was mm-hmm. he was the offense for most part, so he he definitely not going to be that next year. But you have to figure out who you could bring in as quarterback, and you might have to go find um, somebody. You know, I know they're talking about Deshaun Jackson wanting out of Tampa. Like it doesn't matter who you bring here if you have the 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 buffoonery in the front office and, yeah. and, and the way the team is ran. It, you could bring four Deshaun Jacksons here. It doesn't matter. But if you ain't got a quarterback to get him the ball, what you going to get out too. of him? You, you bring Deshaun Jackson here with Alex Smith, and he'll be, he'll be requesting a trade in week four or five because it's not going to happen. That's not Alex Smith type of, uh, uh, type of ball. Now, if you bring Flacco yeah. here, Somebody that can throw deep and will d- throw deep. We're not, I'm not saying Flacco is the savior. I'm saying I'm saying no. Flacco's a better quarterback than Alex Smith, though. I'm saying Flacco. If you bring Flacco here next year, you get your offensive line healthy. Um, and I'm gonna say this with Jay Gruden, because I don't think they're gonna get rid of Jay Gruden. If you bring Flacco here next year, you have a healthy offensive line. You figure out what you're going to do at tight end. I, w- I would start sprinkle. I, I, you know, you need somebody yeah. that's going to be consistent, somebody that you can count on. Injuries, right. injuries are an unfortunate part of the game, but at this point, they've been consistent with certain players, and it's time for them to go. So, you bring Flacco in. Let's say you do break Deshaun Jackson back with Harris, Doxon, Crowder. That's a nice little put together. I say. If you bring that group together, you have to figure out something with the defense. I think um, the D coordinator definitely needs to go. You need to find somebody um, that can put something together, a scheme together with the players. You know, a lot of coaches are good at this, you know, Washington, putting using the players that they have and using their strengths to be a better team. We see it all the time. Well, we actually had it here. How about that? We did. You absolutely did, and he and Greg yeah, Williams he's doing it in Cleveland now. So, I think um, I think they might give him. You know, I know we bouncing, but I think they might give him that job in Cleveland because he's already won more games than Hugh Jackson did his whole tenure. Which is yeah, which is unfair did. to Hugh. It seems like you know from listening to different clips and reading the articles, they didn't really care for Hugh Jackson. So. But um, it you know it is what it is. So, um, but you 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 have to fix some things. There's a lot of things to fix to get fans back in that stadium next year. But and I think if you bring certain pieces back next year, I don't think you're going to get those fans back. And I think you're going to have an empty FedEx field. Well, I, it's not only that, but it starts at the top. Um. I believe Bruce Allen, it, and with the firings that they had of uh, the COO, 
what was his name? Um, um, Jesus just had it in front of me. It doesn't uh, matter. Let, <laughs> <laughs> la 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 Femi, Femina, la Femina. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Year. Yeah, but they said that he objected to the Ruben Foster signing. So next thing you know, he's out. Um. They say Bruce Allen might move over to that side. Now, Bruce Allen's great with numbers. I'll give you that. But personnel, no, 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 no. Look, now, I don't care what Bruce Allen's go with. I don't want him. I wouldn't want him here in any capacity. If Oakland wants him, I would love for him to reunite with John. I want somebody in here that takes football seriously. And you got him. You got him in Doug Williams. See, this is the problem. People are blaming Doug Williams for this roster. But Doug Williams is overruled so much by Bruce Allen. And people don't realize that Bruce Allen is Doug Williams' boss. But they're talking about bringing up Eric Schaefer and Kyle Smith. Eric Schaefer is the senior vice president of football operations. Kyle Smith is uh, the director of college scouting. They're talking about leapfrogging Doug Williams and putting them two in those in those two positions. How do you leapfrog Doug Williams? He's not the mm, he's not the problem. And, and I'm gonna say this. And I love Doug Williams. He went through a lot. Great quarterback. Um, you you can't go through Washington Redskins history without mentioning Doug Williams. Um, but we both know. And we know why. Why Doug Williams is not getting that job. Doug Williams right now, and it hurts to say it, he's a token piece. That's what he is. He's a token piece. I believe that if he got that job as a GM, he could put that team together. You know, I mean, it's frustrating to 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 think about why these things are, but it is what it is. You put just like they threw him under the bus with the whole Ruben Foster, Ruben Foster ordeal. You know, he's a token piece, and and that's why no one can take this organization seriously. You, when you do people like that, that have meant so much for just not just your organization, but the history of football. When you just take and start the bus up and, you know, you let it warm up, you make sure the catalytic converter is really, really hot so when you run over the person, it takes his skin off. And then you back up and, and run over him again. you back up and run over him again and park the bus on top of him and turn it off and, and, and kneel it so it can, it can lean on him. I mean, this, this is what they're doing to Doug Williams. And... You know, I know he, you know, I, I want to know how much more of it he's going to take. Is he going to step away or are they going to fire him? You know, that's that's a whole nother who are you going to bring in next? Chris Cooley? I mean, they like tokens. Fred? And the, the bad part about it, they're talking about bringing Chris Cooley in as the next GM. If they do that, then. I, I don't know how true it is. I'm, I'm not going to say they as in the team, but I've heard people say it. And I'm like, why would you want Cooley as a GM? Uh, who knows, brother? Now get don't get me wrong, Cooley knows the game. His film breakdown is awesome, but it's different when you have to control a whole entire roster. That it is. See, that's where the problem comes in. That it is. Hey, let's get on to our last segment. Um, we've been burning up the airways. We talk uh some quick college football playoffs, a lot going on today, right? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes indeed. Uh, we got the Cotton Bowl at four, um, the Orange Bowl at eight. The Cotton Bowl, I have the 
biggest interest in uh, number three, Notre Dame, my boys, uh, versus number two, Clemson. Only the fourth time these two teams have met in the history of their story, 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 and their storied histories. Um, Brian Kelly, AP Coach of the Year. You got Dabo Sweeney, one of the best coaches in college football. Clemson averaging 44.4 points a game and only giving up 13.7. Notre Dame averaging 33.8 and giving up 17.3. I think this is going to be one of those games that comes down to who gets the ball last, but I think it's going to go into a couple of overtimes. But I'm going to go ahead and say, and everybody, sports books and Vegas everywhere, you you heard it here. Please listen to this before 4 o'clock. If you did, bet on Notre Dame. Everybody's running to bet on Notre Dame. Go bet on Notre Dame. The odds are great. But if you bet on Clemson, you might win a little bit more money. So well, I'm taking Notre Dame in this one, no before doubt. Before I talk about the Cotton Bowl and we move on to the Orange Bowl, you got three other bowls that's going to happen before those games. You got the Belk Bowl with uh, South Carolina and Virginia. That's 12 p.m. The Peach Bowl, Florida and Michigan at 12 p.m. And then you got the Arizona Bowl, which is uh, Arkansas State and Nevada. 115, just wanted to show them some love because they definitely going to get overshadowed. Everybody's waiting for these two games. Um, I think Notre Dame and Clemson, I think that's going to be a really good game. I, re- I really do. I think that's going to be must-watch TV. It's going to be one of those where you can't leave. You, you got to go to the bathroom, but you can't because you know you're going to miss a play. So um, I don't even know who to pick on this, KG. I, you know, I don't have an interest either way. I know you, you know, your Irish through and, 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 and thick and through, but um, I like Clemson. I like I like their speed. Um, but uh, you know, Notre Dame's been playing lights out, man. So for that one, I'm had to pass on that one. I think I think it's it's just gonna come down to, like you said, who gets the ball last. Um, I think that I would give the slight advantage to Clemson just because of their speed. Mm-hmm. So, um, if I have to pick the game, I'm gonna say Clemson. Okay, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. So, but I think the next game, the Orange Bowl, you got number four Oklahoma against number one Alabama. Do you think this is gonna be a close game? To be quite honest with you, brother, I absolutely do because OU forty nine and a half points, number one in the country. But guess who's right behind him at number mm-hmm. two? Them Alabama Crimson Tide, forty-seven point nine, and that's points per game. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't got I don't have Oklahoma scoring more than twenty-five points on Alabama. I think mm-hmm. I think I think I think we're going to go into the game. It's going to be close. I think it's going to be a close game, and I think Alabama is going to do what they always do, which is take your heart away. In that second half, and they're just going to lean on you until you get tired, and then they're just going to start pouring it on. I think that I, I mean, I hope I'm wrong, but I think this game is going to be out of hand. I think you're going to see Alabama take this by two touchdowns. You know what? I'm gonna say this. Uh, number one, this is Kyler Murray's last game in college, the Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, he will not be entering the NFL draft. 
because he is going to play for the Oakland Athletics. Already signed his contract and everything, so he will be a baseball player from here hey, on good out. Good for him, man. Guaranteed money. Smart, exactly. smart business decision. And next thing you know, he can have a 20, 25 year career. Um, but the problem with OU, and this is a question, they got a bend but don't break defense. <laughs> Will Alabama break it? That's the Alabama question. Will break that thing now and then set it on fire. That's what they're gonna do. But now, see, Alabama got a problem on the offensive side because Kyler Murray and that OU offense averaging eight point nine yards per play on offense. That's an NCAA record. Have, have they so done it, any of this gonna, against Alabama? No. No, I'm no, no, sir. But you know, they talk about Alabama is the best team in college football, and they probably can beat the worst team in NFL. But I'm like, dang, who's the worst team in NFL? I mean, would it be my skins, your Bills, uh, the San Francisco 49ers? I mean, who who would you consider the worst team in NFL? Is can my I, question. Can I change my point spread on Bama? What's I that? think Alabama's gonna win this by at least 20 points. Oh, we and you know what? I'll, I'll I'll give you so they don't win by twenty. I'm gonna take OU in this one because I, I I'm I really and truly I need Notre Dame to win their game, but I want to face Alabama because I want revenge for what Alabama did to us uh, the last time we made the national championship and they made us look like little children. That's what they do, brother. And until I yeah. think the only team right now in the country that can run with them is Clemson. Well, I'm going to say it like this. I'll let you slide in the cotton bowl, but now the orange bowl, you say Alabama plus 20. You know, they're going to win by 20. So if they win by 19, I'm I'm, I'm coming to collect. But I say right here, right now, on the sideline junkies, Ben's Chili Bowl. That's that's the bet. What's good? I'll take that bet. I'll take that bet. All right. So once I collect my Ben's chili bowl, ladies and gentlemen, I will be sitting here. You, that's all you. That's my imitation of me eating up a W too. Oh my goodness, oh. man! So, but I in actuality, these are two, four great teams, two good games. But I think the Cotton Bowl is going to overshadow the Orange Bowl because I, I really, I want to see Oklahoma win. I think Oklahoma can beat them, but I think Alabama just going to smash them. But Hey, I'm hoping I'm wrong. Yeah, I just don't see, you know, all the numbers you said are nice, but Oklahoma hasn't done it against Alabama. Anybody like Alabama, Alabama has too many horses. And when they see it, 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 you know, you hear it week in and week out when people play Alabama, they see that speed and how better their athletes are than your athletes. And then you're going – you know, one or two deep, and then they're they're, they're three deep at mm-hmm. every position. Some four, you know, they got four stringers that could be starting in your school. This is what what, what separates them. So it's going to be very interesting to see tomorrow. I got to work some of the nine to five tomorrow, so I'll be home. Hopefully, by the time the Notre Dame the game comes on, and I'll be sitting watching. Well, I I oh. Uh took a little bit of BJ's advice on the personal side. Now I've taken a Saturday off for a change. I've taken every Saturday off this this month. So 
I'm going to be front and center for that. And I'm going to be manning the Twitter account. So any questions, any comments, direct them to the Twitter, the Instagram, the social media accounts, period. I'm in there. I'm in it to win it. Let's get it. And ladies and gentlemen, I'll definitely make the announcement again, but, you know, we'll do it tonight. Uh, tomorrow will be my last NFL Sunday for a while, but I'll still be contributing to the show. So listen out for it, man. I'm, you know, it's 2019 and, you know, it's time to do bigger and better things. It's, it's, it's time to uh, take the podcast to a new level. It's, it's time to take life to a new level. So I look forward to what's, you know, uh, in front of me in 2019 and, we only gonna get better from here. All we can do is go up. Indeed, true indeed, man. It can't. If you sit on your dreams, you, you'll they'll never get a chance to to blossom. So you got to get up off your tail, and you got to make things happen. So that's that's what it's time for the sideline junkies to do, and everybody that has a dream. You got to get up off your butt. You got to make it happen. It's not going to come to you. You got to go get it. I couldn't have said it no better myself, sir. Brother, let's get out of here. We've been burning the airways up for over an hour now. It's time to bow out. It's time to uh, maybe we can get back on. Uh, maybe we can get back on tomorrow night and you know talk about the games, the uh, NFL play, NFL, uh, NFL college uh, football playoffs, and um, you know analyze those games because, like I said, I think I think the uh, Notre Dame Clemson games will be good. So. Well, we we can do that because uh, also to go with that, don't forget it's Saturday. So you know we got that the WrestleManiacs, me and yes, Don. Sir. Yes, sir. So you know we got a, a lot to cover. It's a lot of holiday shows, and if I'm not mistaken, I I think one of my predictions came true. So I'll be strutting and peacocking around studio doing that. <laughs> hey, guess what? Get us. Guess what else we need. What's that? Tomorrow, I when I keep saying tomorrow, Sunday, week seventeen, our last regular season NFL show. I'm gonna tally up them leaders and see what we got going into week seventeen. Yes, indeed, because uh, it, it's nipping tough, and tomorrow could decide a lot. I mean, standards are so close. First and fifth are separated by about six games. Hey man, sound like junkies know what they're talking about. Yeah, I'm. You know, sound like we know a little bit better than uh, those Vegas uh, so-called bookmakers do. Maybe we'll get a call. Don't talk too loud, man. Don't talk too loud. That's when you start getting calls and stuff. Well, you know, as long as it's the right call, you know. Next thing you know, we we gonna get ourselves uh one of those hotline numbers. <laughs> call now. And we'll give you the scores to the game and who's going to win and why. And it's all pre-recorded, yeah. baby. <laughs> Let's get out of here, man. All right, man. So, hey, just stay tuned. Uh, later on today, our wrestling podcast coming up Sunday. We got NFL Week 17. So, until then, I'm KG. Blowing your notifications yeah. up. <laughs> and that's BJ. Uh to all the other fellas on assignment. We out of here. Later.